God, praise God. Amen. He is worthy of praise. Hallelujah. Feels good in the house of the Lord today, doesn't it? Amen. Anybody glad you're here today? Amen. Anybody rather be here than the best hospital in the San Gabriel Valley? Anybody glad to be here today? Amen. Praise the Lord. If you want to stand to your feet with us as we read from Esther chapter 9 and verse number 28. Esther, the book of Esther chapter 9 and verse 28. I want to remind you again this week, Tuesday evening at the uh, um, uh, programming center right behind this building, we'll meet together for a midweek service and classes that will break out. This is, uh, um, I believe, the final week of those classes, and uh, we want to encourage you to be there and be a part of it. If you're not in the middle of a class, you can still come and jump into one of our classes. I'm certain that you will be encouraged and enriched by what is happening. Next Sunday is Family Sunday. Life Kids will be in with us, so it's going to be a great time. We look forward to that as well. Esther chapter 9 and verse number 28 says... And that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation, every family, every province, and every city. And that these days of Purim should not fail from among the Jews, nor the memorial of them perish from their seed. I'm going to read this same verse in the New Living Translation to enhance our understanding. It says, These days would be remembered and kept from generation to generation and celebrated by every family throughout the provinces and cities of the empire. This festival of Purim would never cease to be celebrated among the Jews, nor would the memory of what happened ever die out among their descendants. For those of you who are unaware, this festival called Purim is a result of what happened in the book of Esther when a man named Haman sought to destroy all the seed of Abraham through genocide. He got the king to seal and send out a letter throughout all the land where the Hebrews were living. This letter copied and sent out said on the 13th day of the 12th month, you have full opportunity to kill any Jew that you want to. And if you kill a Jew, you get to keep their property. This was a bad situation when the letter went out for all the Hebrews living in the area. It was a death sentence for all of them. But God used the fact that a lovely young Hebrew lady named Esther happened to be sitting in the palace as the new queen of the land. And through this young lady's faithfulness, commitment to the Lord, and courage, God delivered Israel from this plan. And so the Feast of Purim was something that the Hebrews were to do every year so that they would remember this deliverance and never forget how God delivered them from this plan by this young lady named Esther. Let the memory never die out. The scripture says the memory of what happened should never die out among the descendants. And I want to speak for a few moments today on this subject, the danger, the danger of forgotten deliverance. The danger of forgotten deliverance. Deliverance. Is there anybody here today that knows that you've been set free from sin by the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ? Anybody know that today? Hallelujah. Amen. It's important for us to be reminded. It's important for us to remember, not just to recall, but to let the memory of it change the way that we live. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your spirit, your word. We thank you, Lord God, for that which you intend to accomplish today. Let us, Lord Jesus, I pray, follow the leading of the Holy Ghost and be an oracle of your purpose, Jesus, in this house today. And we promise to give you the praise and the glory for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Why don't you give God the biggest praise you've given him all day right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, and you may be seated. His name was Daryl Griffin. Four days before his death, this Army Staff Sergeant, Daryl Ray Griffin, Jr., was an infantry squad leader in Baghdad, sent an email to his wife, Diana. And in this email, he said, I quote, Spartan women of Greece used to tell their husbands before their husbands went into battle to come back with their shields or laying on their shields, dying honorably in battle. But if they did not return with their shield, this showed that they ran away from the battle. Cowardice was not a Spartan virtue. He said, tell me, sweetheart, that you love me the same by me coming back with my shield or on it. A few days later, Diana replied to this an email. She said, are you okay? I haven't heard from you since Sunday, and it is now Wednesday. I know that you said you were going on a dangerous mission. I got so nervous when I didn't hear from you. Phone call or email. I just hope and pray you're okay, honey. It was an email that Sergeant Griffin would never read. He was in Baghdad, and the security plans was drawing thousands of more troops into the densely populated parts of the capital. And the danger from roadside bombs and small arms grew exponentially. At the time of this story, more than 3,000 American soldiers and Marines had been killed, more than 25,000 wounded in Iraq. And in terms of American casualties, the previous six months to this story, had been the costliest of the war. American commanders say they expected casualties to increase during those three months. One of those casualties was Daryl Griffin, who was felled by a sniper's bullet on March 21st, 2007, while patrolling in Sadr City. This is a story of just one. There are many, many, many stories of soldiers who died on the battlefield fighting for your freedom and my freedom. For whatever reason, they, not us, but they, answered the call and made the ultimate sacrifice. They fought in our place so that you and I wouldn't have to, whether it was all the way back in the Civil War, whether it was in the Revolutionary War, whether it was during the World Wars or in Vietnam or the Korean War or either one of the Iraqi Wars or Afghanistan, or the war on terror. These individuals fought in our place, and they died in our place. You've got to get that point. They died in place of you and I. The deeper significance of this is that the liberties that you and I enjoy today and often take for granted the opportunity to worship, the opportunity to pursue happiness, the opportunity to enjoy financial prosperity was purchased by the blood of fallen heroes in battles through the years. The Bible has something to say about this in John chapter number 15 and verse 13. It says, Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. So this is Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day is a day to remember. To remember the sacrifice that was given to ensure our liberties. A memorial is an object that serves as a memory of something. For instance, in the Bible, Joshua gave instruction to put 12 stones in the pathway of the river to remind future generations that God delivered by causing the river to stop. There are different types of memorials, not just stacked stones, but these include landmark objects such as statues and fountains 
And sometimes entire parks are built as a memorial. But the most common type of a memorial is a gravestone. If you've ever had the privilege of taking a trip to Washington, D.C., and seeing what we saw on the screen, the Arlington National Cemetery, or you've had the opportunity to go to the tomb of the unknown soldier, or the memorial wall with the names of all those that died in the Vietnam conflict, Some of you, I've never had the privilege, but some of you perhaps have had the privilege to travel to Hawaii and go to where the USS Arizona lies in a watery grave there in Pearl Harbor. I had the opportunity to tour a prison camp in in Austria called Dachau, a concentration camp where the words never again were scripted above it, where millions of Jews or thousands and thousands of Jews were killed. I traveled in the Soviet Union and saw one after another war memorials bringing to mind again, bringing to our remembrance the sacrifice of those that fell. On the tomb of the unknown soldier is inscripted, here rests in honored glory an American soldier known but to God. All of these individuals died on the field of battle And today, or this weekend, is the weekend that we commemorate and are reminded or caused to remember. That's what the meaning is of Memorial Day. In a poem called An Ode to Remembrance, the words written by Lawrence Binion says, They went with songs to the battle. They were young, straight of limb, true of eyes, steady and aglow. They were staunch to the end, and against odds uncounted, they fell with their faces to the foe. They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them, lest we forget. Lest we forget added to the end of this ode is repeated in response by those listening, lest we forget. So Memorial Day is more than just a long weekend. It's more than just a barbecue or a day at the beach. Memorial Day is established lest we forget. Why would it be a problem if we forgot? Why is it so important for us not to forget. Well, the obvious reason, reason we could come up with very quickly, is that it would be very disrespectful for us to forget. It would be disrespectful to the sacrifice of those that fell for us to not recall to mind what they gave on our behalf. But I think it goes deeper than this. The reason why we should not forget is more than just disrespecting the memory of those that fell. Forgotten sacrifice and forgotten deliverance leads to a change in attitude. And it leads to a change in viewpoint. And it leads to a change in lifestyle. And people who forget what was purchased for them and people who forget that they have been delivered tend to become spoiled and have an an attitude that's very entitled. See, let me just remind you of this. Whenever you disrespect your mother, you're forgetting deliverance. Can I get an amen from some mamas in the house? Because you were bound up and you had no hope. But deliverance day came in the delivery room and mama went to the point of death. She was gasping for her final breaths and she pushed. And you came out singing, I've been delivered, I've been delivered. Hallelujah. You can't forget that mama went to the point of death to bring you into this world. And you can't forget that wasn't the first or the last sacrifice that she made for you. And when you disrespect and act cocky and entitled to your mother, you are forgetting your deliverance. Amen? 
greatest danger of forgotten deliverance is future bondage. Let me say that again. The greatest danger of forgotten deliverance is potential future bondage. The term is, the phrase is never again. I saw it written in Dachau in several languages, never again. Never again will there be a holocaust. Never again will six million innocent people be slain just because of their ethnicity. Never again is a phrase adopted and popularized by Rabbi Mir Kanan in response to the Holocaust. Why is it important for there to be memorials that say never again? Why is it important? Because history repeats itself. George Santanya, the great, uh, the great philosopher said, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. From which comes the phrase, those who cannot learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Memorial Day is designed for us to pause and to remember, to stop and remember. Now when we think of the word remember, we automatically usually understood it's simply recalling something. It's bringing something from past to our mind again. And a memorial is something that serves to preserve the memory of something from the past. But there is another dimension to those term, to the term remember or memorial when it's in the Bible. In the Bible, the verb to remember implies action as well, not just recalling to your mind. It's not enough just to recall something that happened in the past. But when the Bible tells us to remember, it is not just recalling, but recalling in a way that affects one's present feeling, one's present thoughts, or one's present actions. So remember in the Bible is not just about recalling what happened. Remember in the Bible is when you recall, it changes your attitude. It changes your conduct. It changes the way that you live your life. For instance, in Genesis chapter 6, 8, verse 1, the Bible says that God remembered Noah when they had been out on the ark for several days. That didn't mean God just woke up one day and said, oh, yeah, I forgot. Wow, Noah's out there. I gave him a promise. He's bobbing around in a boat. The word remember means that God is acting on Noah's behalf. God remembered and did something about it. Genesis 30 and 22 says God remembered Rachel. The meaning is that after a long period of barrenness, God is going to answer Rachel's prayer for a child. Remembering is more than just recalling. Remembering is allowing the memory to affect your conduct and your attitude and your actions. One thing is very clear if you read the Bible very much or study it very much is that God wants you and I to remember our deliverance. Do I have an amen in the house? All you got to do is get a concordance or, or get in your little Bible app on your iPhone and look up the word remember. Look up the word remember. Why? You can, you can look into the calendar of the Hebrews and in their calendar, it's loaded up with feasts and festivals whose purpose is to remind them of God's deliverance and to remind them what God had done. Why in the world is there this much emphasis in the Bible on the idea that we are supposed to remember? Why? I'll give you the reason why. It's an obvious reason. The human creature has a fatal tendency to forget. You and I have a tendency to forget. We, all we have to do to see that is look at the story of the children of Israel in the wilderness. I mean, it's crazy. We look at it and we say, how can these people function like that? What do they do? They would go like in a matter of just a few weeks from miracles to murmuring. God's deliverance to weeping and crying and complaining and saying, how are we going to survive? Are we going to die? You know why? Because the children of Israel had a problem with remembering. They were so quick to forget. And we look at them and we want to shake them. Anybody like that? You just want to say, what's wrong with you guys? I've never seen God open a Red Sea 
You guys saw walls of water on either side and walked through, and you get on the other side, and a few days later you're weeping and crying and complaining. said, I wish we'd have died back there when, when, the, when the army came. How could you forget so quickly what God did for you and how God delivered you? We want to just shake them. But you know what? We're made of the same stuff that they are. I want you to pinch yourself. Pinch yourself right now. Did it hurt? Did it hurt? Did you pinch yourself hard? If it didn't hurt, pinch yourself harder. Come on now. Ah! You deserve that. No, I'm just kidding. The point is I want you to know that you have flesh. You have flesh just like they had flesh. And flesh has a tendency to forget deliverance. And we're just like that. God does a miracle in our life. We turn around three weeks later and we're mad at God. Or we're ready to walk away from God. We're ready to give up because of what this person did or what happened here or what happened there. We have the same problem as them. And we need to be reminded today. That's why this preacher is going to scream a little bit here in just a few moments. Because uh, we need to be reminded. Amen. We need to remember that we have been delivered. Let me remind you that you didn't deliver yourself. So don't sit there proud and cocky. You didn't deliver yourself. So don't mouth off to your maker. You didn't deliver yourself, so don't sit there in an arrogant position and find fault with everything that God is doing in your life and not trusting Him. You know what? You wouldn't be breathing today if it wasn't for Him. You'd have no opportunity to sit here today. Nobody would want to be around you today if it were not for the delivering power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to remember that you're here today as a product of the grace and mercy and deliverance of Jesus Christ. So soon, so soon to forget. Amen. So soon to forget. God delivered his people. Let me give you another reason why it's important or one of the other dangers of forgotten deliverance. There's a story in the Bible, the story of Gideon in the book of Judges. The story, six, seven, verse, chapters 6, 7, and 8 of Judges is a story of God's deliverance of his people. They were starving and impoverished. God's people by the Midianites and the Amalekites. How did this happen? How were God's people starving, emaciated, in poverty? How did this happen? The Bible says it was because of their disobedience. And, <coughs> excuse me. It was because of their disobedience and their wickedness and idolatry. They were worshiping <coughs> false gods. If you do a little study in the Word of God, you guys still with me? If you do a little study in the Word of God, you find out in the Old Testament the problem always was idolatry. And the first commandment was, thou shalt have no other gods before me. The second commandment was, you shouldn't make any graven images and worship them. But this was the problem over and over and over again with the Hebrew people. You know why? Because everybody else were idolaters. And they were the only ones that didn't have physical gods to worship. And they wanted to be like everybody else. And they despised the distinction of worshiping an invisible God. And they fell into the trap over and over and over again of idolatry. So here they were again. Because of worshiping idols. Because of this. They find themselves with the enemy encamped in the valley, and they're hiding out in strongholds and caves in the promised land, and they're starving. Their kids are starving, and they're poor. And God raised up a judge named Gideon. God used Gideon to deliver the people with only 300 men and a pitcher and a trumpet uh, and the thousands and thousands and multiplied thousands of Midianites and Amalekites turned on one another, and Gideon uh, wrought a great victory not just one but many victories uh, through his life and ministries but I want you to look at what happens the moment that Gideon dies Judges chapter 8 verse 33 says it came to pass as soon as Gideon was dead that the children of Israel turned again and went whoring after Balaam and made Baal Bereth their God Verse 34, and the children of Israel remembered not the Lord their God who had delivered them out of the hands of all their enemies on every side. They remembered not 
the fact that God had delivered them and they fell back into false worship, worship of false gods. The danger of forgotten deliverance, Israel's failure to remember in this way, repeatedly led them to apostasy and disobedience and idolatry over and over and over again. This is the danger of lost or, or forgotten deliverance. When we forget what Jesus has done for us, when we forget what God has done for us, uh, it doesn't take very long and we start getting pulled back into the old life that God delivered us from. We start getting pulled back into the same trap that we used to be, be set free from. Do I have a witness? Uh, we start getting pulled back into prayerlessness uh, and indifference uh, and we fall back in love with the world and the things of this world when we forget the fact uh, that Jesus Christ delivered us uh, and set us free and died on a cross for our sins. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter, uh, the book of Deuteronomy is the retelling of the law. It's literally the word Deuteronomy means repetition of the law. And for curiosity's sake, if you wanted to see the word remember in Deuteronomy, it shows up probably more than in any other book in the Bible. The word remember, 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 remember. Things like remember the covenant Remember the law and also remember your deliverance. Let me read a few of them real quick. Deuteronomy 5.15. Deuteronomy 5.15 says this. And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore, the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. He's saying the reason you have a Sabbath every week Part of the reason is to remember that you were in the land of Egypt as a slave, but you've been set free. Deuteronomy 16 and 3, thou shalt eat no leavened bread with it. This is the Feast of Tabernacles. It says, seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread and uh, the bread of affliction. For thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt in haste, that thou mayest remember the day when thou camest out of the land of Egypt all the days of thy life. Every year, I want you to remember your deliverance. I want you to remember the chains that used to be on you. I want you to remember the taskmaster. I want you to remember the whip. Amen. It's important for you to remember what God set you free from. Deuteronomy 16 and 12. Thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt. Remember you were a slave. Remember you were a slave. And that thou observe and do these statutes. Deuteronomy 24, 18. But thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt. What's a bondman? It's a slave. Remember you were a slave in Egypt and the Lord thy God redeemed thee thence. Therefore I command thee to do this thing. God says every year, periodically through the year, I want you to remember the taskmaster. I want you to remember the slavery. I want you to remember your chains. I want you to remember that you were a bondman and I want you to remember that you were a slave. It's important for you to remember because there's danger in forgetting deliverance. There's danger in forgetting that you've been set free. There's danger in forgetting that I didn't make it here on my own. But I've been set free by love divine. God wants them to remember their deliverance, not just to recall the events, but to live in the present in the light of God's past actions. It was beautiful on Tuesday night. We went around the table a little bit in our Bible study and shared some of the stories of where we first were introduced to the power of God. Jed told us about the night when he went up and looked up at the stars and said, God, are you there? Are you real? Dr. Charlie shared the story of how he was uh, an unbeliever, went through some situations in his life that got out of control, went outside and said, God, God, I'm just going to call on you. I've never done this before, but God, if you're there. And he said he felt the presence of God immediately. We heard the story of Brother David of how God brought him through a journey to finding truth. We heard the story of Brother Daryl how God filled him with the Holy Ghost and how God miraculously healed his mother. There's something powerful that happens when we begin to testify again about what God has done for us. The Bible, in fact, says that, amen, that we are made overcomers 
by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. That doesn't mean you have to testify in church in front of everybody, but that means you should be telling people about what God has done for you. You know why? You know why I think this is important? Obviously, we know that it requires the blood to redeem us. Without the shedding of blood, there can be no redemption from sin. But secondly, the reason the testimony is put on equal footing with the blood of the Lamb is because you can have the blood and forget about the blood. You can have deliverance and forget about deliverance. And when you forget about deliverance, it's as if you never had deliverance. But somebody needs to open your mouth and somebody needs to share that I once was lost, but now I'm found. I used to be bound. I used to have issues. I used to have problems, but Jesus set me free. Someone might cite the Apostle Paul's writing where he says, forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark of the high calling. Doesn't the Bible tell us to forget? The Bible tells us to forget in a sense, but remember in a sense. Let me clear it up for you right now. There are things that the enemy would like to hold against you from your past, and there are successes from your past that if you rest on them, you will not go forward. But when it comes to remembering, what should I remember? I should remember that I could not be here today but for the grace of God. I should remember that I have been set free, and my testimony is that I have been bound at times in my life but I'm set free today I have been under amen uh, and, and in a sense of defeat but I'm walking in victory today not because of who I am not because of what I said or what I did but because of what Jesus Christ wrought in my life is there anybody that knows you're here today because of what Jesus did for you hallelujah danger is forgotten deliverance leads to apostasy and disobedience. In light of all those verses I just read from Deuteronomy, five verses where it says, remember, you were a slave. I want to read an interesting verse in the New Testament. This is really interesting. In John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus is speaking. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But look at the next verse. <laughs> I love this. They answered him. Verse number uh, 30, 33. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? You know what that is? That's called arrogance. It's also called ignorance. We're Abraham. What are you talking about? We shall be free if we know the truth. We're children of Abraham. We're very, very religious people. We have never been in bondage to any man. And I just read to you five verses in Deuteronomy that said you need to be reminded every week and then several times a year reminded that you were in bondage in Egypt, but you were set free. The danger, the danger of forgotten deliverance is this attitude right here. An attitude that senses that I'm here because of what I did, or I'm here because of what I'm doing. What it's called is it's called Christianity without the cross. It's called, come on, it's called self-powered salvation. And whether you know it or not, when you start to forget your deliverance, you step into this mode of look what I have done and look who I have become and look what has happened in my life. And we forget that we've been delivered by the hand of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you the most dangerous position you can get in is to thinking that your conduct is saving you. Thinking that what you're doing is earning or purchasing your salvation. We're not good so that we can earn our salvation. But God's salvation was provided to us for free. 
and because of what the Lord has done and because our sinful nature was nailed to a cross with him. Come on, somebody. And because our sinful nature was buried in waters of baptism and we came forth with resurrection and new life, you and I can live victorious over sin. Not because of what we did. Come on, someone. But because of what Jesus has done for me. We're the same way sometimes. We forget our deliverance. Become prideful about our religion. Did you hear me? Become prideful about our religion. We forget that we were hopelessly bound without Jesus. Can I say that again? We become prideful about our religiosity. And we forget that we were hopelessly bound without Jesus. We forget that he died on the cross in your place. Jesus died. I know, you know, this just sounds, oh, I've heard this a thousand times. I'm just going to tune this out. But you need to listen to me right now. Jesus Christ died in your place so you didn't have to die for your sins. You've got to get this point. I don't care how good of a citizen you are, how nice of a person that you are. The reality is without the cross, you could not be saved today. Doesn't matter what your genealogy is. Doesn't matter if your daddy was in church. Doesn't matter if your dad was a preacher. Doesn't matter if your grandpa was in the church. Doesn't matter if your great-grandpa was filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, water baptized in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter because religion cannot save you. Religion can't even come close to saving you. The only thing that could save you was the blood of Jesus Christ. And we got to stop and remember today. We got to remember our deliverance uh, that it was on a hill called Golgotha where Jesus drug an old cross uh, where our salvation and redemption was purchased uh, it's not by works of the flesh uh, it's not by that or you and I could boast uh, but none of us could boast uh, we're on equal footing today because only by the cross uh, are we saved God free us from arrogance free us from a sense of self-sufficiency today I want to remember our Deliverance. Remember our deliverance. The dangers of forgotten deliverance. Twofold. Number one, apostasy. Apostasy. When we forget that we've been delivered, we drift into idolatry. Still a danger today. You may say, well, I, I, I haven't noticed a lot of people worshiping totem poles. And uh, I haven't seen people like carving things and worshiping these carvings. What was idolatry? Idolatry is basically worldliness. The desire for God's people to be like every other nation. They despise the distinctiveness of being God called. You know what? That's what the word church means. Church doesn't mean fancy building where you get together and worship. Church means the ones that have been called out the ones that have been separated, the ones that have been snatched from this world. You know, they first called us Christians. You know what that means? That means imitators of Jesus. They used that as a kind of like a derogatory term. It was kind of like a, 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 a kind of a slur on the believers was, ooh, you guys are just Jesus imitators. There's something so different about you. You are a Jesus imitator. These people in other places says that they thought that they lost their minds. They thought that they literally went out of their minds and they called them the followers of the way. And I wonder sometimes, are we so anxious to not be distinct from the world that before long our attitude and our appearance and our approach to life is absolutely no different than the world around us. I want to remind you that you have been delivered from this world. You have been snatched out of this world. You have been called from this world. Oh yeah, just like in the olden days, just like in the Old Testament, there's going to be this natural pull, this 
pull back to the world, this pull back to the things of this world, back to the mindset and the attitude and the values and the priorities of this world. It's going to happen. But the only thing that can safeguard against it is you've got to remember, I've been set free. I've been delivered. I'm a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. What is spiritual oppression? Spiritual oppression are forces from the outside. It's not, it's not the devil on the inside. Demons on the inside is possession. Oppression is spirits on the outside. And what is their purpose? Their purpose is to nag you with temptation. To nag you with temptation. To drag you back from whence God delivered you. I promise you that there is an enemy combatant that is assigned to you to oppress you with temptation. And you need to take dominion over that in Jesus' name and say, I'm not going back to where I came from. I'm not going back to what I used to be I'm not going back to what God delivered me from and I bound you I bind you up you foul spirit of the enemy I'm going to walk in victory I'm going to walk in prayer I'm going to walk in anointing and I'm going to remember I've been set free by the blood of God and I will plead the blood of Jesus oh hallelujah come on somebody call on Jesus name right now Let me just preach something the Bible talks about that you don't hear preach very much. There is a drift in our culture for the church to link arms with the world. To appeal to the world. To be like the world. To embrace the philosophies of the world. You'll never hear anybody admit that. But all you have to do is do a little homework and watch and look and see. And you see it happening all over the place. It creates a watered-down form of Christianity where God ain't showing up. You know why God's not showing up? Because the Bible says friendship with the world is enmity with God. When you become a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. The Old Testament says that God is a jealous God. Let me tell you what the roots of idolatry are. The roots of idolatry are not rejecting Jehovah and worshiping false gods. It's about keeping Jehovah and worshiping false gods. And the problem in the church is not rejecting Jesus and following the world. The problem is trying to keep Jesus and be in love with the world. And Jesus said, I have nothing of it. Amen. Because the reality of the word of God is this. Jesus said, amen. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but through me. And when you follow Jesus, you've turned away from what you used to be following. You've got new priorities. You've got new values. You've got new virtues in your life. Somebody needs to remember, I've been set free. I've been delivered from the hand of the enemy. I'm not going to fall back into the trap. I'm not going to fall back into the trap of being drugged around by my nose, by my appetites and my lusts again. I'm not going to fall back into the trap of letting the things of this world enamor me. But I want to do what the old song says. Those in the prayer meeting know what I'm going to say right now. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full into his wonderful face. And the things of this world around us grow dim in the light of his glory and grace. Somebody lift your hands right now and praise Jesus with me. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, someone praise him right now. So forgotten deliverance leads to bondage. Forgotten deliverance leads to bondage. And you find yourself tempted again by things you were delivered from. Somebody's telling you, it's okay. You can be a Christian and still drink. Somebody's telling you, it's okay. You can be a Christian and live with your girlfriend. Somebody's telling you, it's okay. It's okay. This is a new day. You can be a Christian and still fool around and mess around. Listen to me right now. Listen to the preacher 
right now. If you find yourself tempted by the things that God delivered you from, it's time to pray through and remember what God set you free from. Don't start down that path again. Listen to me right now. Don't start down that path again. There is deliverance through the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, and the Bible says, come out from among them, be separate, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done for me, that he set me free, and I promise you one thing. I'm not going back. Is there anybody here that feels the same way? I'm not going back uh, to what I used to be and what I used to do, and I'm not following that pathway. I'm not going to be drugged down that track. I've been set free. I've been delivered. I've been liberated. And I'm not listening to the lies of the enemy anymore. I'm following Jesus. I'm following him full force. I'm following him full speed ahead. I'm going to be in the prayer room. I'm going to be at the prayer meeting. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm getting closer and closer to Jesus. Because I don't love this world anymore. I don't love this world anymore. I got a new appetite. I got, I got something new happening on the inside. Everything old passed away. Holy Spirit, move right now in this house. Holy Spirit, move right now in this house. Hallelujah. It's going to tell you, watered-down Christianity is something that young people can take it or leave it. Oh, yeah, I'll come if the music's cool. I'll come if my friends are there. But when the power of God starts to move in the house, it's like, oh, my Lord, what is happening here? This is something. I'm talking about the power of God. The power. I feel something about to break loose in this place right now, and I'm speaking deliverance in this house. Because there's some young people in this place that need to see the power of God that shocks them and makes their hairs on the back of their head stand up. Amen. The power of God that I grew up with. The power of God that you know that can move in this house. The power of God that produces deliverance. It only comes when people are wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus and living for him with everything inside. Come on, somebody. Praise him right now. Come on, lift your hands. We don't have to finish this if we don't, if we don't, we don't need to finish. Let, let the Holy Ghost move right now. Deliverance fixing to happen in this place right now. You thought you were just cold spiritually, but the devil's been messing with you. It's a cold oppression. I'm talking about the kind of temptation that just kind of lingers. You know what I'm saying? It's not just normal temptation, but it's something that just is haunting you, and you can feel it stalking you like a cat. And I'm telling you right now, there's deliverance in this place right now. Somebody can be set free. Set free from addiction. Set free from things that keep controlling your life. You know what? Anything is controlling your life other than Jesus Christ, you need deliverance. You need to be set free right now in the name of the Lord. You need to be delivered. I'll save the rest of this for another day, but the reality is, is when we uh, forget our deliverance, we become focused on what we can do, our self-sufficiency, rather than what on the Lord Jesus Christ can do. And it leads to pride and arrogance and false religion. But right now I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Because God wants us to remember. Something is going to happen in this place as we turn our eyes backward. This is what communion is. The Bible says, whenever you drink the cup and eat the bread, you do show the Lord's death till he come. It's about looking back at what Jesus did for you through the blood of the Lamb, and through the broken body of Christ. You know what? You and I were hopeless. I was raised in a church. My mom and dad were pastors. My dad was a pastor. My mom played the organ and snapped her fingers real loud when I acted up on the second row. Both parents were on the platform, and I had to learn to be good. So I grew up in church. Mm -hmm. Guess what? I've never had a cigarette in my lips, lit or unlit, never one time. I've never tasted any alcoholic beverage, not one time. I've never taken any illegal drug, 
took some aspirin, some of that with codeine on it. That helped when I had a toothache. But when my wife and I were married, I had never been with another woman. And I've never been with one woman my whole life. I've paid tithes my entire life since I was a little boy. I was taught that if I spent that money, I was stealing from God. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what I was taught. But you know what? Ain't none of that going to work to save me. Because a little boy had to realize that I'm lost and going to hell until I receive what Jesus has for me. What Jesus did for me. It doesn't matter where you're from or how good you are or how well your life has been lived. We can compare ourselves with our other people and say, well, I don't do all the things he did. I must certainly be okay with God. Guess what? I don't care how good you are. Without the blood of Jesus, the Bible says sin was our inheritance and our only hope was to be delivered. And Jesus Christ was our hope. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ carried a rugged cross. Jesus Christ said, I'll take your sin. Jesus Christ said, I've never done any sin, but for a day I'm going to become a child molester. For a day I'm going to become a murderer. For a day I'm going to become an abuser. For a day I'm going to take all of this shame upon me. Despising the shame, stripped naked, beating and bleeding Upon the cross he was hung for you and I so that you didn't have to pay for your sin. Don't sit there and look at me while I pray and I fast and I did all this. Uh, put that away for now. And like the man in scripture, beat on your chest and say, God, I thank you for your mercy. God, I thank you for your deliverance. And I'm here today, Jesus, because of what you've done for me. You set me free. Yes, you set me songwriter said it this way on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and I love that old cross where the dear and the blessed for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross. Till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. We stand together right now. I want you to open your heart to the Lord right now. God's going to move in this place. We're going to let the Holy Ghost move. We're going to let the gifts operate, gifts of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, 
Hallelujah. Somebody praise him right now. Praise him from the depths of your heart. Praise him right now. Praise him like you remember what Jesus did for you. Praise him like you're here as a product of what he's done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Amen. In just a moment, I'm going to ask all of us to come forward for just a few moments before we leave here today. And uh, our, our people that attend regularly and our guests all are welcome forward. And for just a moment, we're going to remember our deliverance. But not just remember in terms of recalling. Some of you may just need to do that for a minute and recall what it was like before you found hope what it was like when you didn't know what life was for your purpose for existence what it was like when you were bound what it was like before you were set free and when you come forward I want it to be more than just a recalling in terms of memory but I want you to remember just like God remembered Rachel and did something about it I want you to remember what God has done for you and I want you first of all to begin to let the praise and worship come out of your spirit that's not forced it's not obligatory it's not like okay I gotta praise now but it's remember praise it's praise that flows from you know I used to be a slave I used to be bound <laughs> I used to be hopeless and I used to be lost but now I'm free now I have Hope. I'm in Jesus. So could we come forward right now? Come join me around the front for a moment. The Spirit of God's going to move in this place. As some people really remember, really remember their deliverance. Come on, gather all up in around the front here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bless you. You're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. That's bringing to mind again, bringing to remembrance what Jesus has done for you. And I just feel like, this is what I feel, I feel like the blood of Jesus is going to flow in this place going to flow afresh in this place as you remember what the Lord has done for you, as you remember what God set you free from and you just begin to thank Him and begin to exalt Him, praise Him like He's worthy to be praised, something's going to flow in your life, it's, it's fresh virtue, it's the blood of the Lamb, amen, it's the blood of the Lamb into your situation, into your family and into your life as you remember what Jesus has done for you. So let's just do that here right now in just a few moments. I want you just to begin to praise him with the kind of praise that flows from remembering what Jesus has done for you. Can we do that? Lift up your hands right now all across this place. Blood of the Lamb flow in this place. Come on, somebody. I wonder if somebody could let the river flow. The Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. While you praise him, just let the river flow now. Hallelujah. Just for a few moments right now, this is what we're supposed to do. This is what we're supposed to do is let the gift of the Spirit flow through us. Let that expression of gratitude begin to flow into fresh anointing. Blood of the Lamb, we plead, Lord Jesus, the blood in this sanctuary. We plead the blood in this house, Lord God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift your voice. Let the gift of the Holy Ghost flow through your vessel right now. Thank you, Jesus.
I want you to turn to somebody, grab their hand. I want you to speak a word of deliverance. This is what I feel right now. You need to see you're set free in the name of Jesus. Be set free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You're set free in the name of Jesus. Speak it as a prayer over them. Hallelujah. Be set free in the name of the Lamb. The name of our Lamb. In the name of Jesus. Shandaya Kamasataya. Well, I feel it flowing in this place right now. Just let the Holy Ghost go. Let it go. Let it go. Hito la bahoshata. I command you to be set free from fear. Let fear be gone. I command you to be set free from hopelessness and despair. Let hope flood into your heart again. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I feel virtue flowing right now. God's doing it. God's doing it. God's doing it. God, I, I just can't get away from this. This is the Holy Ghost speaking. I can't get away from this. Is there is a fresh wave of deliverance that God wants to set, set loose in this place right now. So some of you have been struggling. You've been really, really having to work so hard not to fall into the traps that you've been in before. And you realize it's oppression. It's, it's a spiritual attack. But I'm going to speak deliverance in this place right now. And I'm going to believe that God's going to show up in your life in a powerful way, a supernatural way. He's going to do His work. And some of you, some of you that have been struggling, you've been really, really struggling. You haven't been able to make it. You've been trying to make it, but you've been struggling. You felt like you're right on the end, just kind of holding on to a little bit of string right there. Deliverance is getting ready to come your direction. You need to believe right now and lift up your hands because I'm going to speak it in Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord, God, right now, in Jesus' name. We pray for deliverance in this house. And we bind up every foul spirit. We bind up every oppressing spirit. We bind up everything, Lord Jesus, that is keeping people from enjoying their liberty in you, from walking in victory and being an overcomer. In the name of Jesus right now, let deliverance fill this house. Somebody lift your voice right now if you feel it and you need it. I'm leaving out of here changed. I'm leaving out of here with victory.
revival. The word is renewal. The word is stirring up the gift. Let God put something fresh in you. Let God stir up the good gift that was put in you by the leg on of hands. Hallelujah.